Heartland and the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. I'm on the record. I'll pay eight bucks a month to be certified or verified on Twitter. Yeah, I'll do it. I mean, you've got you've got a guy who just spent forty-four billion dollars. To allow people to speak. And in his own words, it's going to take a while to unblock Twitter users. And this one got people upset. He says $8 a month. And people are like, how dare you? You should be paying me. Whoa. Up a moment. Whoa up. If, if you want to argue that there shouldn't be a cost... Well, that's an interesting argument, especially when it comes from people who consider themselves capitalists. Well, I'm not saying he can't charge. I'm saying that I'm somebody who creates content, so I should get paid as a content creator. I thought that was a little bit part of his plan. Well, I'm not going to pay anything until he unblocks all those people. I want to see them unblocked too, including the people I don't like. Unless somebody is threatening physical violence against somebody else... Unless somebody is threatening to harm somebody else, actual harm. Not somebody was triggered by the tweet. I want them to be able to speak. I absolutely, positively want that for them. Even the people I despise. But how dare Elon Musk think about a charge for Twitter while there are people who are shadow banned? Well, yeah, you can do more than one thing at a time. I, would everyone calm down for a minute? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. What Musk is arguing is, I want to charge people uh, for uh, a blue check mark, $8 a month. The blue check mark is the, is the way that you uh, talk about verification. How do people know that I'm me? How, how do, do people know that when it says Tony Katz, it's actually this Tony Katz and not some, some imposter? I'm in the public eye, if you will, to the extent that I am. Okay. And that's what, that's what the verification, that's what the blue check mark was all about, confirming that you are indeed you. So people knew that the content was factual, was accurate. Always made sense to me. There could still very well be the need, as some people have said, well, we should, you should verify that someone is who they say they are so people can trust the content coming from them. But that's different than having to pay for the service. Yes and no. I could see you doing that. But I think the bigger question here is, can Twitter charge for the service? Well, if they charge for the service, I wouldn't use it. Hold that thought just for a moment. Musk says it will get you priority in replies, mentions, and search. It has the ability to post long-form video and audio, and you'll get half as many ads. And a paywall bypass for publishers willing to work with us. This will also give Twitter a revenue stream to reward content creators. One of the big conversations 
going on out there is, well, I create the content that people come to Twitter to see. You should pay me. And if you're going to charge me, I'm not going to be on Twitter. But I, so, so now you want the people to come somewhere else for your content and pay you. I get that. I have places where I put content I don't put anywhere else that people pay for that content. TonyCats.Locals.com. We have a free side. We have a pay side. That's the business model. Why can't Twitter have that model too? Why can't Twitter get paid for the platform they provide and then you be able to profit off of it? Which you haven't been doing until now. The only thing you've been getting out of it is a number of followers. And you've been turning that follower count that you were able to amass on a social media platform and turn that into dollars. Sales of your book or notifications of uh, appearances or the actual sale of, of products. Twitter should provide that gratis. Why can't they charge for it? I'm asking a simple, logical business question. And I am stunned to see the political right say, oh my gosh, what do you mean, oh my gosh? If you believe they should pay you, I think there's a unique argument for that, that you should be able to have a Twitter feed that people pay you a quarter a month, a dime a month, a dollar a month in order to see your tweets. If you have 100,000 followers uh, and 100,000 people are willing to pay you a dollar a month to see your Twitter feed, not too shabby. Not too shabby. I would think that that's a fine thing to do. So here's the question. Would you pay $8 a month to get 100,000 people to give you a dollar a month? Because if you wouldn't, uh, I don't quite know if I have enough names for you. I do not know if there's enough I could say about you in a negative, negative way. If asked, am I going to pay the $8 a month? I'll pay it just to say thank you to Musk for buying the thing. Oh, sure, Musk isn't conservative. I wholeheartedly agree. He's an opportunist. He's an opportunist who took advantage of all of those uh, government subsidies to build Tesla and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Shame on me for not knowing how, right? Shame on you. Yeah, he did. You know what our problem is? We allowed those subsidies to happen in the first place. Not that he took advantage of it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Although there may very well be a reason for you to hate Elon Musk. There could very, very well be a reason. But the idea that he can't charge is such an irrational thought. It's equally as irrational as these people, like Senator Dick Durbin, a man most aptly named, in the days since Musk took Twitter private, the platform has seen an uptick in hate speech, and Musk himself used the platform and his influence to spread a baseless conspiracy theory about a violent attack on an elected official's family member, something he tweeted out about the attack on Paul Pelosi. Free speech does not include spreading misinformation to downplay political violence. Yeah. Yeah, it very well could. 
I think that's the argument. And if you want something where people were downplaying violence by engaging in misinformation, allow me to just take you back a couple years. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin, over the course of the night. A second night since Jacob Blake was seen shot in the back seven times by a police officer. And what you are seeing now, these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of the daytime hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, which were largely peaceful demonstrations in the face of law enforcement. It wasn't until night fell that things began to get a little bit more contentious. Things were thrown back and forth. Police started using some of those crowd dispersal tactics like tear gas, even playing uh, very loud sounds to push them out. And then what you were seeing, the common theme that ties all of this together is an expression of anger and frustration. There is a building burning behind him, cars burning behind him, and he's talking about things being mostly peaceful. Come now. Come on, Dick Durbin. But he's not the only person having an absolute nutty over Elon Musk. You have Jennifer Rubin, who I think still claims to be a conservative. It's hilarious. Jennifer Rubin over at the Washington Post. Let me put it this way. I will leave Twitter rather than pay Musk a single dime for anything. Okay. Bye. Let her go. What do, what, what do the rest of us have to think about it or worry about it for? What's really interesting is now the follow-up to this. Let's so let's let's um engage it in, in, in the following direction. I have been told repeatedly that my problem, quote unquote, is that I don't have enough social media followers. I only have thirty four thousand followers on, on Twitter. I'm not big enough. I have heard this before from people. Oh, we can't advertise with you. Oh, oh, you're not you're not ready for the big time. Big time? What the hell are you even talking about? The big time. I don't know about you, but are you in it for the number of of followers on social media or the number of sponsors to your show and the impact you deliver? Let's be clear. We're in a business, guys. Let's not lie to each other right now. You want to come behind the curtain? In you come. Grab yourself a chair. Bourbon is to the left. Rye is to the right. I have some snacks in the bowl. Is it about, oh, look at the great number of followers I have on social media, or is it about impact and sponsors to the content because the people you're impacting are absolutely consumers? The reason I talk up the sponsors of this show is because they support me in being able to have these conversations, and you guys know as well as I do the amount of people out there who want me not to be able to have this conversation at all. Desperate to get me off the air. Desperate. So of course I'm supportive of those sponsors. And I want people to actively, proactively, aggressively utilize uh, the sponsors of this program. I will tell you that that relationship has paid me far more than social media. Not to say that people in social media don't make money. But it usually seems to be in some very, very large numbers, like Mr. Beast kind of numbers. If someone says, well, you're going to charge me $8 a month, I'm getting rid of Twitter. 
if that were to be the case, right, then what is the the value of their followers to begin with? If Jennifer Rubin has 698,000 followers, and if she was to be charged, she walked away from Twitter, what's her impact now? Well, she still writes for the Washington Post. She just doesn't have 698,000 people who said follow. If people leave, what is the actual value of a follower? I think there's something very unique going on here. Now, if the follower was able to pay specific feeds for content, some people charged and some people didn't, and you can decide whether it's a buck or it's a nickel or it's a penny or it's a dime a month, whatever it may be. Someone can monetize that. I think Twitter should allow that. I think that's completely fine. But if Ruben is willing to leave, then the followers have no value. And I was only been told that the followers have value, that the subscribers have value. It's a weird thing going on here. Maybe it's I'm thinking about it. We're, we're thinking about it, guys. And these people are so emotional about absolutely freaking everything that they haven't taken a step back, taken a sip of their whiskey and asked themselves, what do I want to do here? They virtue signaled. They didn't think about business. And I got to tell you, I got a real problem with people who don't think about business. In the same way, I've got a real problem with people who engage the election of 2020 on emotion. Oh, I can't vote for Trump. He's this and he's that and he's the other. And this is just, it's just too much. And I need, no, I need, I need everything to calm down. And I just, I just, I can't vote for that man. So I'm going to vote for Biden. You voted with your emotions, not with your mind. You want me to respect that? Because I won't do it. I won't get angry uh, with you for it like some people will. But don't ask me to respect it. Anytime you vote with emotion and not with your head. I don't respect it. And I'm seeing a lot of reaction to this, but Twitter stuff about uh, emotion and not reacting with one's head. I want to see Twitter unblock many, many people. I want to see Twitter allow people to speak freely. And if Twitter wants to charge, let them. And if some people want to leave, let them. Me... I favor the buy. I favor the opportunity to actually have an open town square. And I'm fine with insuring my blue check at $8 a month. That's me. But the people who think that it's obscene, well, no one told you you had to be on Twitter. Bye, Felicia. I'm Tony Katz. You know, I've heard a lot of weird things in my day. I've heard a lot of, well, you know, this policy or that policy, it's it's bad, it's bigoted, and of course, it, it, it affects black and brown people most. And you're like, 
Yeah, that that's the old joke about the New York Times. A, a meteor uh, is heading for 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 Earth. Meteor to hit Earth, destroy all life as we know it. Minorities and women hurt worst. That's that is the old joke. But this was real time MSNBC, or was this their NBC streaming service? Ah, it doesn't matter. Good to see you. And as Gen Z gears up to hit the polls, transgender voters are concerned they might be blocked from casting their ballots. Yeah, that's because a growing number of states are enforcing stricter voter identification laws that disproportionately impact the community. NBC Out reporter Joe Yerkeba joins us now with more on this. Joe, good morning to you. So first of all, how can voter ID laws create obstacles for transgender people? And where do we see some of the strictest voter ID laws? That's that's their story. I. There comes a moment, guys, where we all need to start drinking. And I thought that moment was earlier. Nope, nope, the moment is now. It might have also been earlier. I'm not going to judge if you had already started. This is their argument. Voter ID laws affects the transgender community. Why? Why Why would it do such a thing? Well, my, my, uh, my ID says I'm... I'm a man, but I'm really a woman. No, you're not. And and I don't say that with any anger. I say that with just factual recognition. Um, The world does not have to change for you. You changed and then expect everybody else to bow down to what your change is. I don't think that's needed. I don't think that's healthy. As a matter of fact, I think that's abusive. We're going to have voter ID laws. And uh, while you can wear anything you want, um, you may still be recognized by your ID as Steve. And that's that. That's that. You know, I'm recognized on my ID as Anthony. I don't go by Anthony. I go by Tony. Everybody knows me as Tony. In my professional world, I'm Tony Katz. According to my ID and my mother, I'm Anthony. According to Prince Spaghetti Day, I'm Anthony. Now what? It's an offense? You've been dead named? You might have to get over it right quick. Yes, yes, it's an absolute abuse. It's not as abusive as you trying to tell me I have to lie when speaking to you and use specific pronouns and you want to sue me if I don't. You want me to lie to myself and if you want to sue me if I don't do what you demand. That's abusive. People are have are going to have trouble affording their heating oil this winter, and NBC is working on this story. And you ask why people don't pay attention to the media. I'm Tony Katz. All the liars are calling me one. Okay. In order to make sure you are all well protected, I'm going to ask over the next few minutes that you're not actually operating heavy machinery. I know you might be in your car. If you are and you don't want to pull over, hands on 10 and 2. And remember that the cars next to you have done nothing wrong. No matter what it is I'm about to discuss, you cannot take it out on the vehicles next to you or your coworkers. You cannot take it out on, on your spouse. Or you simply, you, you can scream quietly, quietly scream, uh, or or... Or you you can, uh, again, with the snacks and stuff your face with popcorn or cheese doodles or, or, or a steak, whatever, whatever it is you got. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm going to go through a series of things. 
that are surreal. I swear to you, I have not made up a single one of these stories. Let's start with the Michigan governor's race. The Michigan governor's race shows us that the Republican, Tudor Dixon, has done an extremely good job in this campaign, has tied things up in many ways with Governor Whitmer, who, according to the polling, still has an advantage. But if we believe, as we know to be, that we've got this shy right voter not picked up by polling, people on the political right who are not a part of the conversation, as we have it here from Real Clear Politics, they believe that the polls underestimate the GOP by 3.8. 3.8! Well, that's a problem because Governor Gretchen Whitmer is only up by 3.4. Real Clear Politics sees this as a Republican pickup. In the state of Michigan, Randy Weingarten, head of the American Federation of Teachers, This union head who kept schools closed, this union head who wasn't interested in the education of children, but the profit of teachers, which is always stunning because teachers only make their money on the excesses of capitalism, yet they teach about how bad capitalism is. Let me do that again. Oh, let me do that again. One of my favorite subjects. All teachers, and I'm not anti-teacher, I'm very pro-teacher, I have a serious problem with unions. And not every teacher is a problem, not every teacher supports the union, not every teacher is a leftist. To say that otherwise is, is, is madness. My kids go to public school, you know what I found? Man, it's really good. We pay attention, we're studying, we're listening. I'm looking at the homework assignments, I'm looking at how things progress, and I'm like, all right. This has been fascinating. And they've gone to public school for years. So far, so good. A little problem here, a little problem there. We correct it. We go over with the kids. bippity bobbity boom We move on to the next thing. Not every teacher is a problem. Unions, I'm not a fan of. Unions, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of when superintendents get involved. Superintendents get involved in politics. That happened locally. Uh, the Carmel Clay Schools, uh, which is uh, north of Indianapolis. I happen to live in that area. The superintendent is talking about how we're hearing some uh, uh, people running for school board uh, talk about evil, critical race theory or talk about this, that, or the other, and we have to discuss how absolutely untrue it is. Untrue what is? That parents are concerned about their kids' education? What? You think that you're allowed to go out there and say, well, these people who are concerned about education and, 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 and concerned about um, what it is uh, that, that, that uh, we're doing in the schools, well, that's just not the, the case. No one's pushing a radical ideology. Many people are pushing a radical ideology. Many people. And yes, many teachers, and of course those running for school board or parents or taxpayers or anybody else is allowed to be concerned by it. Yet I have a superintendent in this school district named Michael Beresford, Dr. Michael Beresford, putting out videos saying, oh, that's fiction. We don't do that here. That's one heck of a guarantee. 
But it seems that this video was put out to try and tell parents they're not allowed to speak. Of course you're allowed to speak. Whether it happened in my town or whether it happened across the country, of course you are allowed to speak. And I don't appreciate the superintendent getting involved in the election. I think that's kind of messed up. I think we should have words about that. But I digress. Randy Weingarten, American Federation of Teachers, contributed $1.25 million to reelect Gretchen Whitmer. A teachers union put over a million dollars into the campaign of Gretchen Whitmer, this according to Corey DeAngelis. Corey DeAngelis, who has done a tremendous amount uh, on the conversation of, of education, senior fellow at School Choice Now, executive director of the EF Institute, which is the Educational Freedom Institute. $1.25 million. It's good to know that no teachers are partisan and no unions are partisan. Over a million dollars. I, I need to now know the number of what was put into the campaign of Tudor Dixon. How much money did, she, did Tudor Dixon get? How much money did she get from the teachers union? That's only one story. That's only one story. Oh, let me give you another story. The White House tweeted out that seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. Is that right? They're getting their biggest increase in 10 years? All thanks to Joe Biden? OMG. Are you kidding me right now? That does not sound right. As a matter of fact, that sounds like a hot take. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. That's hot. They put that on Twitter. You know what Twitter did? Twitter fact checked them. Twitter pointed out seniors will receive a large Social Security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which is based on the inflation rate. President Nixon in 1972 signed into law automatic benefit adjustments tied to the consumer price index. This has so embarrassed the White House that according to Noah Rothman of Commentary Magazine, they have deleted the tweet. And you tell me that Elon Musk buying Twitter hasn't done anything important. Change approved. Damn straight it's approved. Oh! Getting go- they were called out on something else. I can't remember what it was. Oh, they just got they got called out on, on something else. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. They got fact-checked. It was like, oh, it's so great. So great. Uh, but that's nothing compared to this. The attack on Paul Pelosi, the husband of Nancy Pelosi, is strange. I won't lie. It's strange. And that initial reporting was strange. And still the story is awkward. And in all the ways um, you, you, you have had uh, retractions from the story. Now we learn that the Capitol Police had cameras all over the Pelosi house in San Francisco. They were monitoring from D.C., But no one was watching when the attack took place. 
Thank goodness you had all the cameras. You see, because the key to a good camera, a good video camera, is never to watch what's happening on the on the video. That that's the key to good video cameras and security. Son of a gun. The whole story is nuts. And I will admit, I have serious questions. This guy broke in to hold the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, hostage. And if she lied, he would kneecap her. That's, well, that's something. I mean, that is insane, right? There is not a single one of us who is down with that or okay with that on any level, by any stretch. Not a single one of us thinks that's okay. I just am very confused about how this guy got in the house. He just broke in. <sighs> I am very confused why uh, why all of the misreporting about the third person opening the door for the police, about how many hammers there were, about how uh, Paul Pelosi made the phone call from a bathroom and why he didn't just stay in the bathroom if there was somebody trying to break into his house or had already broken into his house. Rational questions from the rational mind. Then I heard this, uh, I think, is this Ben Collins? Yeah, Ben Collins over at NBC, who has, uh, he put he says he's on the dystopia beat. All right, dude. And he has put this out, talking to Andrea Mitchell. And I'm asking you, I'm asking you, have you heard anything like this? Because clearly, I'm not reading enough into the crazy. Here you go. Did I mention you're not allowed to yell? And you're not allowed to take it out on anybody else. I have never heard this. I have never heard this until right now. You go. You know, just totally not true. And all the things that have happened since, just adding to the pain of the the victims here, Paul Pelosi and his family. But it's the kind of thing that also was, you know, clearly in the online social history of this suspect. Yeah, it's, this is the double whammy of American life that we have. Once you are a victim of a political terror attack or a terror attack or a school shooting or something like that, immediately thereafter you become the subject of a massive disinformation campaign that when it is tied to the richest person in the world like Elon Musk or the former president like Donald Trump, that myth becomes more important to uphold to those people so they don't look wrong or weird than the actual truth itself. So that's what's happening here. And it, by the way, it self-perpetuates here, right? right. So like uh, this guy attacked Nancy Pelosi because he, he was told lies about Nancy Pelosi eating kids on the internet. Stop. Everyone, stop. Everyone, just, just, huh? Okay, okay. I need to know. Is someone now going to tell me there are lies or there is some story on the internet about Nancy Pelosi eating children. Um, I, I, can everyone just take a moment and help me out here? Now, I, I said I wasn't going to yell, and I, I yelled a yell, little bit just to keep everybody else from yelling. and need everyone to calm down. Can't take this out on anybody else. This is a thing? This is a thing? 
This is not a thing. This is not a thing. I refuse to search it. I'm already, I'm sure my search history would be a very interesting discussion point. I'm not searching for that. You want to do it, Ryan? Ryan, do you want to search for that? Not right now. No, 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 no. You really should. You're okay. like, go we'll go it. grab the bosses. Uh, no, no, no. The boss is on another floor from you, uh, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Do it. Do it. Just just uh, type in Nancy Pelosi eats children and tell me what you come up with. I won't do it. I refuse. Nancy Pelosi eats children. What do you come up with? Come on, Ryan. You find a video on YouTube. Oh, Oh, well, there's a video on YouTube. It must be true. I do not accept the idea that because somebody believes in some kind of nonsense theory, that somehow it means that everybody accepts it. I am old enough to know. Oh, we'll, we'll use this as an example. I am... Um, Old enough to know that there are people out there who absolutely believe, 100% believe, that Elvis Presley is still alive. A little less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more fight, a little less spark. A little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mind and open up your heart and maybe satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Elvis is not alive, and that is my favorite Elvis song. Elvis is not alive. It doesn't matter how many conventions they have. It doesn't matter how many Elvises jump out of an airplane. It doesn't matter if you got married by Elvis. Elvis is dead. He has left the building. Baby, close your eyes and listen to the music. Dig to the summer breeze. It's a groove and I can show you how to use it. Come along with me and put your mind at ease. Less conversation, more action. All this aggravation that is fashion. Does it matter to me if if 100 people talk about it online? We're now into the place that because some moron mentioned something online, a news organization can pick it up and say, oh, look what's happening here. It doesn't make it real. It doesn't make it real. That a crazy person believed that Nancy Pelosi wants to eat kids? Bloody hell, I grew up knowing that people hated me because they thought I was drinking the blood of Christian babies or using it to make matzah. Didn't make it real, it just made those people stupid. Three stories going on today that are just stunning. Just not as stunning as this. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. You know, we talk about the prices of everything going up. I'm seeing it happen in luxury goods, and I'm also seeing it coming down. Tomorrow, I'll share some cigar pricing and some Rolex pricing. It's kind of fascinating what's happening in these two worlds of what people would consider luxury goods and, and 
what it means. Because it does, it does actually mean a lot. I, you may not smoke cigars, you may not wear Rolexes, but there's still something to learn. This is Tony Katz today.